Welcome to Family Business Today, where we feature prominent local and national family business owners. We also talk to top family business experts to discuss relevant topics, including communications, business culture, family relationships, succession and estate planning values, as well as conflict resolution. Brought to you by the Tennessee Center for Family Business, I'm your host, Greg Lewis. Our guest today is Dr. Michael Klein. Dr. Klein has over 20 years of experience as an advisor to family business owners and next generations, as an assessment specialist, speaker, and workshop leader for family businesses. Dr. Klein has worked both internally and externally in Fortune 500 companies, including positions in organizational development and human resources. He has a wide range of experience from healthcare and financial services to pharmaceuticals and construction. He's the author of the book, Trapped in the Family Business, and is a recipient of the 2018 Schultz Award for Outstanding Family Business Publication. Well, good morning, Michael. I am morning. so glad that you could join me this morning for this edition of Family Business Today. I've really been looking forward to our interview to learn more about your book, Trapped in the Family Business. I'm excited to hear your insights into the success and evolution of family businesses. So before we dive into your book, can you tell us a little bit about your work with family businesses and the family members who work in them? First, let me say thanks for the opportunity to join you today. I'm also very excited about our discussion. Uh, and thanks for the opportunity to talk a little bit about my work. I've been working with individuals from family businesses. That was kind of my entry into this field uh, for, gosh, it'll be about 12 years now. Uh, and um, have also worked with family businesses as a whole. But really primarily my practice is built around helping either family businesses, in this case, parents, aunts and uncles, whoever the owners might be, determine before they bring in a family member, uh, is that person a good fit for the business or are there other things that need to happen first before they can kind of determine that. But like I said, I really came to this work uh, through helping people who very much felt trapped in their family business. They had stumbled into the business, didn't have other employment options, came right after school. Their parents perhaps applied some indirect or direct pressure to join. And I helped those folks kind of sort through, well, is this a place for you? Have you had those difficult discussions with family members? What are your options and how can I help you find a more fulfilling and less dissatisfying path? potentially inside the business. Wow, well, you know, I wish I had uh, not had your book uh, many years ago when I joined our family business, uh, uh, coming right out of college uh, with my uh, uh, wife and a baby daughter and feeling like I needed to come home and to join the family business and enjoy being a part of that. Uh, so I, uh, thank you very much. So let's talk a little bit about your book, Trapped in the Family Business. Tell us about how you came to write a book on this topic and what was your goal in writing this book? I, I really appreciate that question. Uh, so much, uh, since I've written the book, I've been very attuned to folks who either, who create something and uh, whether it's a book or a film or some kind of, uh, some kind of work, uh, documented work that others can utilize in their lives. Uh, when they say that they wrote it, they produced it, they created it, 
because they wanted it to be out there for other people. There was a gap in uh, what was available to folks who would benefit from the knowledge that they had or who would benefit from even just naming whatever situation they were in. And it almost felt like, um, I don't wanna say a compulsion or obsession, but once I started, uh, I was referred to uh, an individual who was in his, and I read about this in the book, in his mid thirties working with his brother. Uh, and he was at a point where he was experiencing at a very young age, uh, some physical symptoms as a result of the stress and tension of working with his brother. And what we determined was that it really wasn't a fit for him. You know, working in the business that their father had started was never a good fit for him based on his personality, based on his interests, but he had fallen into it and was felt very obligated to his father to keep the business going, to his brother to provide support. But there were no resources for him out there. There was nothing available that said, this is not a unique problem. Uh, in fact, when I spoke to a local director of a family business center and asked him, I said, how, how, how typical is it that people feel on some level trapped in their family business during their career? His answer was, you know, hard to, and he had 20 years of experience at this point working with family businesses. He said, it was hard to put an exact number on it, but based on his experience, it would fall somewhere between 99 and 100% of people that work in their family business feel trapped. And so for me, that kind of sealed the deal. And so I began the process of interviewing people through uh, the Family Business Center locally, uh, through, other, uh, through other people in my professional network and interviewed academics, researchers, family business consultants, and people in who worked in family businesses or had left their family businesses. And it was an absolute you know, work of, of, of passion. Uh, I really, again, I, I could visualize something being out there and it didn't matter to me who wrote it. And it didn't matter to me um, how, uh, uh, how big the book was or how expensive the book was, or if I made any money off of the book, it was really about for clients like this, to see that they're not alone in their struggles and that it's an incredibly common situation to find oneself in. Well, thank you for that. Well, so, you know, the title of your book, Trapped in the Family Businesses, you know, that's uh, pretty strong. What do you mean when you say someone is trapped in their family business? It's a great question because so many people see that title and they think that the book is only about escape or that my work is only about helping people find a path out of the business. And it really isn't. I consider trapped in the family business as having uh, feelings of there are no options, that this is all that I can do. Uh, this is what I'm supposed to do. I can't pursue another career. I can't pursue another job outside of this path, outside of this business because of familial obligations because of financial opportunities that a family business provides. Whatever the, the trap that people are feeling, it really is uh, titled purely about, or purely based on a feeling of not having options, not being able to even bring up the topic with family members that, you know, is this the best path for me? Once they're in there or even before they join. I'm working with somebody now who has spent the past, gosh, six or seven years going in and out of the family business, 
fortunately, she has uh, friends and a support system that have encouraged her to take advantage of amazing opportunities outside of the business, but she still finds herself back in the family business in some ways because of pressure from family and because of a desire to continue the business uh, for the sake of the family. She's the only one who has the capability to do that of all her siblings, yet it's not her passion. It's not something that she sees herself doing even 10 years from now or five years from now. And so my job in that case is, is helping her figure out how to have those difficult conversations with her parents, how to maintain and protect those relationships that are important to her while she goes out again and finds a path that is, is a good fit for her, that she feels is her life's work. Yeah, yeah. Well, you used the word there, obligation, and, uh, 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 you know, don't want to disappoint your parents or whatever, but how, uh, how have you found the next generation of family business members accept responsibility only out of obligation? Let me give that some thought. Uh, I, I think that it's likely... I would probably say that it's a combination of factors for most people. Uh, there are, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir here, but as you know, there are a great many things that are seductive or enticing yeah. about, about joining a family business. Um, I have a client who is in his mid forties and um, unfortunately it was a surprise to him when his father decided to sell the business, but he said, look, I've never had to go on a job interview. I've never had to write a resume. I've never had to really worry about promotions. I've always made more money than my friends and my peers. And now here he was struggling to figure out, well, what do I do now? Where do, where do I go now? So there was, for him, I think part of joining the business was out of obligation, but there were great benefits to him uh, to staying in the business and to developing skills in the business and obviously um, potential um, uh, uh, and, and what ended up being um, a bit of a paycheck or a bit of a payday once dad sold the business. Um, smaller than he would have imagined because these things, as you know, are often not talked about directly um, because they're taboo. But still, uh, I, think, I think generally to answer your question, obligation can be a part of it, but hopefully parents and others realize very quickly that that never works. That if people are joining purely at a sense, uh, out of a sense of guilt or obligation, that that person is going to burn out, that person's not gonna do uh, the best job in the world, or as you may also know, uh, unfortunately, uh, substance abuse is, is more common in family businesses mm -hmm. than in the general population. Mm -hmm. And in my experience, what I found that it's often because there are dissatisfiers and taboo subjects that can't be talked about or because there is this complexity around uh, how do I have these conversations or how do I figure out if this is the place I should be. Sure, sure. Well, I, I think back to, to uh, when my dad and I started having a conversation about me coming back and joining our family business. Uh, I heard this uh, phrase that I'm sure lots of next generations here is, son or daughter, someday this will all be yours. And uh, I think you really have to have a clear definition to find 
what does that mean? Um, I know that uh, Prince Charles someday will be the uh, uh, King of England, but uh, right now the Queen uh, doesn't seem to have any desire to retire. And so, uh, <laughs> so he's waiting patiently as well. Well, no, it's a great example. Yeah. Uh, so, well, tell us a few of the most common ways people get trapped in the family business. Ken Kay is a psychologist who's now, uh, well, I was going to say, I used to say retired. He passed, unfortunately, recently. Um, was a psychologist uh, in Chicago or outside of Chicago. And he coined the term uh, the kid brother syndrome. And the idea behind that was he was seeing family businesses and working with family businesses that brought in, in this case, males, the kid brother, who uh, the family thought might not succeed outside in the world and really didn't develop them, didn't have a, a clear path for them or clear goals for them in the business. They took a paycheck and they did what they could, but in a lot of ways, these were, I think, examples of the first people that I know of that were written about that were really trapped. You know, they hadn't developed skills or a path or a passion for things outside of the business. And so the idea was that folks kind of put up with it because they were family members. They didn't want to uh, confront it, find other things that this individual could do. And so everybody kind of went along with the program. So I think one of the ways that people get trapped is uh, when, when it's clear that somebody is not a fit or not developing um, or just not connected to the business. You know, in some ways, I see people who are very successful in family businesses because the business's success affects them on a very deep level. And the business's failures accept, uh, uh, impact them on a, on a very deep level. And so if you don't have that kind of connection, it's really a lose-lose situation. And unfortunately, I think it is very difficult for parents and often other family members to see that letting somebody go, firing a family member can be a benefit not only to the business, but, but to the individual. So I think one of the ways that people get trapped is kind of looking the other way, is avoiding difficult conversations, is um, not paying enough attention internally for those who feel trapped to let me think about options and is this really what is this really what I want to do with my professional life is there enough satisfaction here I'm going to be spending the majority of my time working um, for the next however many years so is this where I want to be and to be able to really separate out individual needs from the needs of the family or the family business very good very good yeah I uh, I think that we we see, especially with parents working with children, which is unique in a family business, is, is there's really this difficulty in defining when is mom or when is dad uh, uh, speaking to their children who are working in the business, and when are they talking as the boss or the leader of the business, and, and so sometimes you can get confusing messages uh, when you're a child uh, in that kind of a, a work-family relationship. I couldn't agree more. And I think I end up often coming to the conclusion when I work with family businesses or individuals in family businesses that there's a great responsibility that parents as owners um, have, which is to be able to, as best as they can, because 
we're all human beings and we all have blind spots, but as best as they can understand their own motivations for bringing their children or other family members into the business. What I've found is that uh, much like arranged marriages, working in a family business can feel like an arranged career. It benefits the family, it benefits the business, but the individual may not necessarily have much of a voice. And so I think parents and parents who are owners of family businesses have a special responsibility to sort through what it is about bringing their child or other family member into the business. Is it because they trust them more than they trust non-family members? Is it because they really want to make sure that the business continues once they've retired and once they've uh, left the planet? You know, is their legacy important to them? And so that's why they want to bring the child in the business. I've often talked to children or next gens, uh, as well as, as parents, who've said that this is a great opportunity. There is great financial reward. There is power. There's the ability to carve out your own job however you want it. And parents will often say, this is a loving, caring uh, offer that they're providing to, to their children, which I think is absolutely true. This uh, offering the opportunity to work in the family business can be a, an incredibly powerful message of, of love. The problem is I think there are also more, let's say, less known or more unconscious factors that, that also can play a role. And those are some of the things that I mentioned that I think parents as owners really have to face, uh, which is, is it, am I doing this because it benefits me in some way or benefits the business in some way? It's okay that those exist, <laughs> right? Um, but if you don't look at those directly, I think you really do run a risk of, of kind of acting out those needs indirectly and of children or next gens feeling very much trapped because of their parents' own needs. Very good. Well, you did a great job of explaining uh, some of the things that owners and parents should do to uh, uh, keep family members from feeling trapped in the business. But what have you found that they should not do uh, one of the, the biggest things that they can do or not not, uh, uh, not, not do, I think that, that can <laughs> cause, that can wreak havoc is to not create a written job description. As I'm sure you have, I've met too many people that have worked in family businesses where they just do whatever is needed. You know, they fill in the gaps. Um, they don't, they aren't given a job title. They aren't given specific responsibilities and none of it gets written down. So I think that's a, certainly a recipe for feeling trapped because as a next gen, you want a sense of purpose and meaning and direction. And so having a, a clear job description with clear goals and clear metrics uh, is really, really important. And avoiding that I think is, is certainly problematic. I think also not laying out uh, a development path uh, is a mistake because again, this, uh, so the individuals that find my book and then find me and end up wanting to leave the family business, uh, unfortunately, what's happened is they've felt this sense of, I'm not really growing. I'm not really learning more that I think is going to help me in the world. Sure, I'm learning more about the business, but I'm not sure if I'm going to be here in 10 years or 20 years or if my parents will sell the business. And so 
I haven't been developed in a way that I know my colleagues have in non-family businesses. So I think of uh, not putting together some kind of very specific development plan, whether it's rotating through different jobs, whether it's attending training, certifications, uh, industry organizations, but things that will enhance a sense of I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm developing, and it extends well beyond um, just my family business. Very, very good. Yes, uh, I've talked to a lot of next gens when I've asked them. So tell me about what is your uh, job responsibilities and uh, uh, how is your performance measured? You get the deer in the headlights uh, often, and you know that where the where some of the problems occur. But is that clearly defined goals and a written job uh, description uh, for someone is really very, very important. Well, as I said earlier on, um, I worked in our family business uh, for 17 years and uh, before I exited the family business. And uh, for any of our listeners who've experienced that, it's a painful decision, not only for yourself, but also uh, for your parents. It, it will. Oftentimes, it involves some conflict and really some hard feelings between you and your parents, uh, which uh, you can overcome. What advice do you have for those who may be considering leaving their family business right now? I would even back that up to say for those who haven't had conversations with their parents about where do you see me five years from now or 10 years from now? Or can we talk about what I'm doing and have a discussion about um, uh, what I like about my job or what I like about working here and what I don't like about working here. I think having those conversations regularly and early on once one joins the family business is key. Uh, I hate when people get to a point when it had, there's been so much that hasn't been said and so much frustration and so much conflict that really could have been avoided with a, an out, what is it? An ounce, of prevent, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So having those conversations early and often, I think is, is one of the best things that parents can do for their children and children can do for themselves or next gens could do, can do for themselves. Very good, very good. Well, we've been talking about the next generation being trapped in the business, but I'm sure uh, like uh, myself uh, in our business, yourself is, I've found a lot of owners and especially founders of uh, family businesses to be to feel just as trapped uh, in the business. And they're the owner of the company as those who uh, uh, are, are coming along. Uh, matter of fact, in many cases, to the detriment of the business, because the owner may check out uh, rather uh, than, uh, than uh, making a decision about what their succession plan will be. One option is to refire. We say refire, not retire. What advice do you have to a family business owner, let's say in their 60s and 70s, who are wanting to refire from their family business? I think one of the, and I'm glad you're bringing up this topic because I was surprised to hear the, that exactly that reaction when the book came out. And since it, uh, you know, in the 10 years that it's been out next year will be our 10th year anniversary of the first edition. Um, that folks who are, are done working in the business feel very much trapped because there is not a clear successor in place or because they feel like the business is not at a place where it will sell for its greatest value. 
um, or because in a lot of cases they haven't developed much of a life outside of the business, especially if, if they started the business, you know, it was all hands on deck, 24 seven on call. And so they didn't have an opportunity to do much, even perhaps as they aged to build a life of uh, whether it's friends or clubs or community or what, whatever organization or group of people that they could belong to that they could then rely on once they've left the business. And so for them, leaving the business means nothing more than uh, really entering a void of uh, entering a void, uh, not having people around, not having responsibility, not having power. And so they feel trapped because on the one hand, they don't want to be there anymore. They don't, uh, they, like you said, might've checked out. Uh, they're not making contributions. They're not making big decisions. But on the other hand, they're very frightened about what lies ahead and haven't, for whatever reason, been able to act on plans or act on building, building their life outside of the business because the business has required their attention um, or they just haven't been interested in it. So I think there's a lot of fear that needs to be addressed first. Uh, and then from there, once that is addressed, you can start to look at, well, what would your life look like after? What can you do? I'm a huge fan of workplace assessments, personality tools, emotional intelligence tools, but also values and motivator assessments. I've used those with folks near the end of their family business career to help them shape what comes next and to just think about, to just brainstorm those things that they can do. And then to really hold them accountable to take those steps, to right. explore those avenues and paths and opportunities so they make sure that they can either, you know, clear the way for the next gen, or if they are going to sell the business, so they follow through on that. Very good. Thank you. Well, we've talked about succession. Uh, you have an interesting story uh, about uh, family business succession you'd like to share with our listeners this morning. One of the, uh, and I tell the story uh, a lot, but one of the most eye-opening experiences I had, and this was early in my career working with family businesses. I was partnered with an executive coach uh, and we were working with, or he was working, I should say, um, with uh, a father who had started a construction uh, company, been very successful, had two sons, one of whom went off to work in financial services. Uh, and the other son had spent his career after graduating high school and then actually worked in the business during high school and earlier but spent his career working in the family business. And dad's plan was to retire and leave son number two in charge of the business because uh, based on the dad's perception, he had been doing a great job. Uh, he was leaving the business in capable hands and he believed that his son was well-liked and appreciated by those around him. So the executive coach brought me in to do what they call a 360 or multi-rater assessment. And these are tools that are available online where other employees, family members or not, get to really evaluate or at least uh, identify what they see and what they don't see in a specific individual. So the 360 represents 360 degrees in a circle. And so you get feedback, hopefully, from everybody. So people who report to you, uh, your boss, uh, other employees, potentially even customers or clients, you can get uh, 360 feedback data from and what we learned was that if dad were in fact to hand this business over to his son, 
there was going to be a mass exodus. And they would probably have to close the doors at that point. It can be incredibly difficult, I'd learned. I mean, I knew this, but I got to see this uh, uh, right in front of me. Incredibly difficult for parents to judge their children objectively. And that's when I find these tools can be incredibly helpful because they're hard data. It's, uh, and I say hard data, meaning they're numeric, they're comments, they're written, even though they're anonymous. But there are data about how uh, the successor is perceived and how their skills are seen throughout the organization. And so it was tough for, for dad to really deal with this information. Um, luckily, he had an executive coach set up who he could work with and work through and come up with another plan. But to me, that was a, it was a fascinating story in that dad was so convinced and so proud of his son that he really was blind to how others in the organization uh, perceived him. Very good, very good. Wow, you've uh, such great experiences that you've had, Michael, working with family businesses and some great content here uh, for our listeners to, uh, uh, to think about. So, uh, but what are some closing thoughts maybe you'd like to share with our listeners today? Appreciate that, uh, Greg. Uh, one of the things that I think is, is central to all of this is having those difficult conversations. So whether it's parent to child, child to parent, or sibling to sibling, as early as possible, when there's the slightest hint of, of conflict. You know, at, at times it makes sense to avoid the small stuff, but if you can see the small stuff gathering steam and turning into big stuff, then I think it's important to have some of those conversations realistically and practically. So that's certainly something that I'd like people to think about. And the second thing is something that I, I do with my clients all the time, which is that if you've been raised in a family business, second generation and beyond, I mean, I've worked with folks who are in uh, eighth and ninth generation family businesses. And so they've kind of learned it by this point. You have to build, the metaphor that I like to use is you have to build a bit of a moat, especially if you have your own family, especially if you're married as a next gen or have your own small children. You have to build a bit of a moat around that family of yours and separate out your needs and your family's needs from your parents' needs, from the family business's needs. Often they're in sync, often they overlap, but at times they don't. And the reason is uh, often they were just never examined. So I think taking time out to really assess what I need as a next gen, what my uh, spouse needs uh, in, in their life, what my children need from me, where I want to go professionally, and thinking about it completely separately from what the family business needs and, and what my, my parents need. Again, it doesn't mean that you're leaving the business, but I think having that clarity can help avoid future problems. Yeah, I, I sort of, as you were saying that, I was thinking about that uh, phrase we hear all the time, don't sweat the small stuff, but uh, especially in a family business, small stuff can become big stuff if you don't <laughs> deal with it while it's small. And so that's certainly uh, in a family business and uh, succession planning uh, and uh, feeling trapped is very, very important. Well, Michael, thank you for being our guest on Family Business Today. It's just 
please accept our best wishes for continued success for you and for your book, Trapped in the Family Business. And I hope we can continue to, to uh, continue uh, the conversation. Thanks so much for having me today. Really enjoyed it. So to learn more about Michael and his work with family businesses, visit his website at www.trappedinthefamilybusiness.com. If you'd like to purchase a copy of his book, Trapped in the Family Business, you can go to amazon.com. To our listeners, thank you for joining us for the Family Business Day podcast, brought to you by the Tennessee Center for Family Business located in Nashville, Tennessee. Our passion is to help families create a positive environment where their family thrives, their business performs, and working together create a lasting family legacy. Whether you're a business owner looking to grow your family business or you are wanting to prepare to someday sell or transition the business to the next generation, check out our free resources on our website at www.tncfb.com. If you want to talk to a family business advisor about your specific family business needs, schedule a 30-minute no-cost call by sending us an email to info at tncfb.com. If you want to talk, we will listen. So until next time, thanks for joining us.